The Mud Peddlers, a podcast where two nerdy ceramic artists share the behind the scenes of their worlds of clay. We're your hosts, Lindsay M. Dillon. And I am Dante of Earth Nation. So today we have a really special guest. We have John Schmidt, AKA John the Potter, joining us today. John, how are you doing? Good, I'm doing really good. How are you guys? Doing pretty good. Yeah, we're pretty good. This is my excuse to hang out with you, but I can use it for content as well. So. <laughs> just yeah. being real blunt about that just business being, side, Dante. Just being real, like, I wanted to do this anyway for a long time, but this is yeah, my excuse. Sure. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be fun. All my questions are like, how's your dog? How's your wife? <laughs> so, so just in case some of our listeners don't know who you are, John, how would you describe who you are and what you do? So that has changed a lot over the years. More recently, and how most people would probably find me is I am a potter and I make YouTube videos. I started out kind of just doing pottery as, as a hobby and for fun. And I took over a coffee shop when I was 21 years old where I did pottery there. Right, 21? <laughs> it still amazes me. And, um, and well, yeah, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing at all. So it made a lot of mistakes along the way, but <laughs> As for a while, I just did the pottery as kind of a combination hobby thing with the coffee shops. And so we have three coffee shops where we sell all my pottery and we obviously sell coffee and food and, and all the things that normal coffee shops do. But then a few years ago, I decided like I wanted to kind of get a little more serious about my ceramic artwork and my pottery. And the obvious place to go is online from when mm. you've been selling like in store for a long time. Mm -hmm. And that's when I came up with the YouTube channel. And uh, Earth Nation Ceramics was a big inspiration to my YouTube channel. I saw him and said, hey, this guy's cool. Oh! F that guy. Yeah. I watched that guy's YouTube channel. <laughs> F that Earth guy. <laughs> no, he, he really was. I saw Earth Nation and I saw, like, I thought I could put a little different spin on things and kind of add to it. Like, I never thought, like, I would be, you know, in place of Dante's channel. But I, <laughs> I thought it certainly was a compliment. And yeah, and I went from there and just started making videos and got really into that. Like that was like the biggest thing for me is I got super into like videography and photography and like thinking about how to make quality videos and creative yeah. content. And so yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell, I suppose. Your videography is so out of this world. I made so many mistakes as you named as well. Cause when I first started, I watched my old videos and I'm like, oh, they're cringy. <laughs> oh, they're cringy. I know. Then I watch your videos and I'm like, he's got a drone. There's one scene that sticks in my head where you put the camera down and you like biked away because you were taking us on like an adventure with you. And I was like, as a YouTuber, I know he's got to go back and pick that camera up. I know he does. <laughs> but the shot looks so good. <laughs> it looks like we're going somewhere. And I was like, oh, he knows. Yeah. He knows the angles. So when you started your YouTube channel, my understanding is that you, you didn't have a lot of experience with working with cinematography, videography. What was that learning curve like? Like how, how long did it take for you to begin feeling more comfortable with working with the videography side of your did, YouTube channel? Did you learn or were you just like learning as you go? Yeah, I was just learning as I went. Like I definitely, I watched a lot of other YouTubers. I watched other, like a lot of YouTube videos about how to film yourself, how to be a YouTuber, all that kind of stuff. But really like just learning through doing was, I mean, how I kind of have approached everything. Like mm -hmm. the first 80 videos that I did were pretty bad and I was pretty bad <laughs> on camera and Same, like, bro. things just weren't, and you know that, yeah. And so it just takes like that, like you gotta just do it over and over and over. It's just like when you're starting out making pottery, like you gotta make a lot of pots 
uh, before you get good. And so the same thing with YouTube, like you got to make a lot of videos. Uh, you gotta just like fail a lot of times and make bad stuff and put it out in the world and then get feedback and try again and do new stuff. And, and I still don't think, like, I think I'll look back in five years at the videos I'm making right now and be like, oh, those weren't even that good. Of course. And so <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. and that's kind of what I want. Same with my pottery. Like I want to look back at the pottery I'm making now in five years and be like, that's not, that was terrible. The stuff I'm making now is good. So. Yeah, and it just gets yeah. higher and higher quality as you go on. And I've looked at my own videos and been like, oh, F that guy. <laughs> oh, I know, my God. I know. Such cringe. But I now even, I'm like, it's not that I don't bad. Even... Somebody put the camera where it's supposed to be. <laughs> at the right time of day, where the sunlight is. <laughs> I just don't even think I'd want to watch my first videos. It would be too cringy. I delete a lot of mine. I'm not going to lie to you. I delete it. <laughs> As I've been researching the hell out of you, John, because I admit, I, I have not kept up with all of your YouTube videos, but like, I bought your book, I listened to a bunch of interviews on other podcasts where you've had conversations, <laughs> and the more that I've learned about you, I think that one of the things that stands out the most is that you seem to approach what you do with a bravery and just like, I'm gonna just do this at like a level that is just outstanding to me. And I think probably one of the biggest challenges that I face as an artist is this intimidation of like, okay, if I'm gonna make something, I have to make it perfect. If I, you know, I'm gonna start a YouTube channel, I need to like have all the skills to execute it well at first, especially in terms of financial aspects. Like, you know, did you, as you were first starting out, as you bought a coffee or took over a coffee shop at 21 like you know did you have kind of family support that was like you know don't worry you know you got this was it your business degree that gave you that level of confidence yeah where does that come from yeah that's that's a really really good question i wouldn't say that i like know the like specific answer to that question I, with everything else i think it's a lot of different things like i think number one experience is a huge factor like you know, I didn't have experience like running a coffee shop, but I did have a little bit of business education. So that helped from the financial aspect. I got really lucky with the coffee shop, the owner, the previous owners of the coffee shop, they were looking to sell and they were kind of free spirits. Like he, he was a potter and she's an artist and they, they kind of took a chance on me. Like all the, basically all the financing came from the previous owners. And so oh, wow. that was nice really lucky. I didn't have to, obviously when you like graduate college, you don't have any money. Right. I didn't have anything. Yeah. And I think I went to like seven different banks to ask for a loan and they all said no. And then one guy who has Dude. been a good partner of mine in business, like said, oh, okay, we'll give you a little loan, but the seller has to provide most of the financing. So the, the seller, mm. Pam and Mark, he's a great potter. Like we collaborate on stuff a lot and, but they took a chance on me and they said, we'll like, like, you know, finance your, the sale of the business. So that was really lucky. As far as the confidence goes, I think I've always just been a person that like, I get obsessed with stuff and I just like, can't stop thinking about it. And then I just like have no choice, but to go after it, you know, like it's not, once I'm obsessed with something like that started with pottery, right? When I took that first class, I was just obsessed yeah. with it. I had to keep doing it. Like I had no yeah. choice. I had to buy a kiln. I had to buy a wheel. Like that's just the way it is. And then happened again with Mocha Monkey. And then it happened again with the YouTube channel. Like I just get obsessed with it and I just can't stop. I just have to go, go, go. And like <laughs> until something happens, you know, and once you make videos, you put them out. And if it fails and it's not that good, like on to the next one, you know, just cause it's like wow. my brain just works that way where I just get obsessed with stuff. So yeah, there's, uh, I, I have a great, I mean, my mom and dad, like, you know, they certainly were full support, like in, not financially, but they supported mm -hmm. me like buying a coffee shop, like all doing, going after pottery, even after like going into a business degree, 
So I have a great support system around me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the people around me, the experience that I've had, and like just my obsessive personality, those are three things that would really lead me to having some sort of confidence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Your parents were never like, okay, I guess if you want to do, I mean, could be a doctor. My mom was like, could be a doctor, but whatever. Right. Gave birth to a potter, like a nerd. <laughs> Your parents were like fully support. They were nice of it. Yeah, they were. Which yeah, hear that, mom? Them, you know, <laughs> John's parents were nice to him. I'm kidding. My mom's very supportive. Now, can I ask John my stupid questions? Go for it. Yes. Okay. No, I asked him a couple earlier. I asked him. Um, well, I guess it's worth reiterating. So whenever I see your drone shots at your house and your YouTube videos yeah. that I watch from time to time, I, I get the feeling that you live in, like, your house is a bastion among a sea of land. But you were saying that there are other things around you, right? Yeah. Like, you don't get DoorDash. So, so we don't get DoorDash. As far as I know, it's possible that we do, and I just don't know. Uh, but we get Amazon, and there's a Target that's, like, three miles away. Oh, so not it's bad. not like we're in the total middle of nowhere. We, you know, Waconia is a town of like 14,000 people. So it's small, but it's not like nothing. But we, so we live on a golf course and then we live on a bunch of farmland. There's like a hundred acres of farmland that's right around us. And we just have like one little acre. And so it's kind of the perfect spot for us because both my wife and I, like, we love being like not in a neighborhood or not like having a bunch of neighbors and we can just kind of do whatever we want, yeah. like leave sleds out in the yard all the time and so, yeah, it's good. It's good for our dog, Bear, which I know Dante loves my dog. So. I'm a yes. dog simp. <laughs> you simp for John the Potter's dog. Yeah, <laughs> and his dog looks really like, you ever see a really well taken care of dog? Like, somebody brushes that dog. He has a nice, when'd you get your dog? My other stupid question. That is actually a really funny story. So, when we opened our third location of uh, Mocha Monkey, the staff of that store actually surprised us by giving us Bear as a puppy, which to <gasps> anybody that, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a bold. Dude, John's uh, so lucky. Yeah. But also, oh my gosh, <laughs> but getting a, like taking over a coffee shop and also getting a puppy at the same time, that must've been uh, quite the quite the endeavor. No, no, <laughs> what, happened, what happened is he bought a coffee shop and then he got a pottery studio underneath it and that like he was and then he bought another coffee shop and he got a free dog uh well he was a rescue dog so they gave him to us and it was kind of i mean right away it was like you guys are giving us a puppy like that's kind of a bold gift to give somebody yeah and uh the but they can't it came with the caveat of like you know what if if you guys don't want him like we'll take him but and the the deal was that if bear slept in our room the first night and didn't like bother us then we were going to keep him and he did he slept on his little bed the whole night so we were like all right we're keeping him he's great and he's been really good he's like Six, <laughs> six years old now, uh, and he's a good dog. He does look like a good dog. Whenever you send me pictures of him, he's like chilling on the couch, bothering nobody, and I'm like, that's a good dog. The cats at my house, that's not my cats, they bug the crap out of me. That actually, that reminds me of uh, Dante. I know one of the questions that you were curious about was, speaking yeah. of other other beings being in the studio, um, so you have, you have two sons, yes. Right, yep. So are they are they often in the studio with you and just I don't know kind of broadening it out a little bit as well like how do you navigate being a parent and a business owner as both a, a business YouTuber. owner of a cafe I think that's one so, of the things that yeah, are my... like our question our followers 
asked us the most was like the, mo- yeah. the time management aspect of your business. Was like, do you consider yeah. sun time pottery time on top of sun time? Or do you have like sometimes separate versus pottery time versus, you know, like do you separate them or are they just like... So <laughs> I we definitely have time that like I'm working in the studio and time that's not, you know, family time or working at the cafes. Yeah, so my little sons are three years old and one years old. And the three-year-old is quite, um, he can be in the studio with me and he can hang out for a while and like, he's great. My one-year-old is a little bit of a destructive being. And so for him to be in the pottery studio is kind of dangerous for everybody, oh including gosh. mostly my pots. I saw on your store, you it, gave him two pots and you're like, well, that lasted long and they were just in your hands broken. Oh. Yeah. Was that him? Yeah. He like literally chucked him on the ground. Like I gave him these pots. My, you see, my wife was, she was like, can you make him cups? Like my, my oldest son, Ryder, we've given him pottery since he was like six months old and he yeah. always would drink from it and really careful, doesn't break it. Rory, our, our one-year-old, breaks everything. And like literally I gave him these cups <laughs> that I made for him and he just like smashed them on the ground. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'd stop giving my yeah. kid pots for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that was the last of that. But as far as, as far as the time management goes, the coffee shops, I have a pretty big staff. We have 50 to 60 people on staff. I, my best friend from high school is my manager, my general manager. And so he takes care of pretty much everything. We have a manager for oh. each location. So that over the past two, three years has really been a nice thing for me to be able to focus on pottery, uh, making YouTube videos, growing that kind of, and the family as well. And I basically, I'm kind of always working. Like I'm kind of always trying to fit in as much ceramics and pottery as I can. And then I always try and stop working five, six o'clock to hang out with the kids and like start putting them to bed. And then the weekends I try and work a little less, <laughs> even though I end up working on weekends yeah. a lot. Yeah, and it's yeah. worked so far, but it's kind of things change. Obviously, like five years ago, my time management was way different. Like I was spending a lot of more time on the at the coffee shops. Yeah, and so it kind of changes, and I assume it'll keep continuing to change as our you know as our family grows up and things happen. And yeah, is your wife supportive of your obsessiveness towards a single thing at a time? Because I know I also have that trait about me, but I get obsessed with things. Mine is less supportive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, you get obsessed with things for like four months at a time, and it's super weird. And I'm like, oh, I get really good at something for four months. <laughs> and then I stop getting good at it. Yeah, so she, my wife's amazing. She went to school. We met at, at Gustavus, where we went, both went to college. And she was a art education major, which is basically a double major in art and education. So she was a elementary art teacher for many years. And she just stopped. This was her first year that she... Mm-hmm didn't go back to teaching. And so she could stay, be a kind of a stay at home mom, but also help me in the studio. So far, I mean, she sometimes comes, it gets a little weird sometimes with my obsessive things. If they're not like- You can be honest, John, we'll cut it away. out, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> You're if they're gonna take here. me away from the family, then they do, she's not a huge fan of it. But, you know, pottery, Mocha Monkey, like, she's super supportive uh, overall. YouTube, like, right away, YouTube was a little, like, really? You're going to film yourself and yeah. post it online and share it with the whole world? And But I think she's come around on that and sees that it's been overall a really good thing. Yeah, they're not as supportive until they see the after effect. And they're like, oh, you got good at it. Well, I can't be mad now. Like, right. I can't. Oh, this has actually been really fun and cool. And we get to watch you and you, yeah, so. 
It yeah. is. It's been good. I feel like I have that other person in myself internally because I feel like whenever I'm about to make a business decision or like expand into something like, I mean, this is a small example, but when I first started trying to learn how to do like Instagram stories, I was like, yep. is this going to be worth my time? Yeah. Is this really the best way to like expand my business? I feel like I can't make a business development until I have some mental assurance that it's going to like work out well. There's a million different ways that as artists we can build our business. Yeah. So like, how do you right. decide what you're going to add to your plate? to like diversify your income because I remember that's something that in your various other interviews and like in your book you talk about if someone is considering pursuing their dream of like being a ceramic artist as a full-time career you talk about encouraging them to think of themselves as an entrepreneur first and a potter not necessarily second but like how do you how do yeah, you make yeah. those decisions yeah. to expand your business that you you asked a great question and this <laughs> is something that I think about a lot I, we could probably spend like an entire podcast episode, yeah. like an hour long, so just talking true. about this. Topic. If you want to do a second episode, John. so <laughs> <laughs> just I'll just join the oh. mud peddlers. We'll just make it a whole team thing. The fangirl me would love that, but uh, I also know that you have, you know, you got you got your own stuff to do, John. No, he's gonna go to his wife and be like, "I joined a podcast," and she's gonna be like, "Come yeah. on." <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry. Carry on, John. What were you going to say? Okay, so I guess if we break this down into like thinking of yourself as an entrepreneur before a potter, I've always thought, thought that that was important to me because I saw more people out there that were making really, really good ceramic art and pottery and weren't able to sell it like they wanted to, yeah. less than the other way around where people were able to like sell their stuff and they were, you know, not making good stuff or whatever. Mm. So I always felt, I felt like artists need a little bit of that entrepreneurship in them if they're gonna make this a sustainable thing. Like if they're gonna keep being motivated to create and keep making new stuff, you have to sell your stuff too, or you have to at least get rid of it. You know, like right. for the people that out there that just wanna make their stuff and give it away, like that's great too. <clears throat> but if you wanna like continue creating for a long time and make it sustainable, it has to be a business. And that's why you have to think of yourself as a business person first. Mm -hmm. And I always, I just don't think that people, back to your point, Lindsay, of, you know, how do I just decide what to do? I think you you decide what to do by starting and then you make decisions based on how that went. So huh. you like you kind of start posting, you start doing stuff and then you see how that goes and then you might go a little further in the direction that either is really like like motivating to you or people really like you respond to certain things. I I, no, I, go I was ahead. just going to kind of mirror. So if I'm understanding you correctly, it's, it's less about thinking, okay, I'm going to pick this thing and I'm going to stick with it for a long time. It's more like trying like a sampler dish and then deciding what to order next based on what you enjoyed from the sampler dish to always bring this back to food because yeah. I love food. Anyway, <laughs> we, do a, we do have a food problem here on the we podcast. Do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I do. I do think most people spend too much time trying to ideate and think about how they're going to execute something and wait for a vision to be fully clear when the real way that you develop that mm -hmm. execution is by jumping in and starting and yeah. figuring something out along the way. And that's been my, and, and obviously everybody has different personalities. I'm definitely a personality that is not as much a perfectionist as probably you are, Lindsay. And <laughs> what, I'm okay to my detriment I though, I admit. Like, Lindsay, I, no well, there's, the world needs everybody, you know? <laughs> like we wouldn't have rocket ships going off to space if we didn't have perfectionists. <laughs> so we true. need everybody. But in entrepreneurship, it's hard to make things perfect before you start because then you just leave a lot of time like where you haven't started yeah that's true i i kind of do that myself as well like if i had to teach a class I wouldn't be very good at like explaining why the thing happens, but I'd be like, I could show you how to do the thing like 12 different ways. <laughs> I 
I can't tell you what molecule makes this and this and this. My wife, or my wife and girlfriend wife, definitely could. She's more technical than I am. I'm more like yep. you in that sense, where like, I try it. If it didn't work, I try something else. I find out what works. That's how I make my glazes as well. Yeah, yeah. I make like a bunch of glazes with the same base, and then I pick one color I like, and then I try and modify that until I have a glaze. Well, I was just gonna say, I think you kind of asked that question in there as well, like how do I pick and choose like which ones to diversify my income into? Mm -hmm. And I, this is another thing that I've, I've talked about a lot. I've done a couple workshops and I kind of, it's, it's changed a lot over the years. Right away when you're first starting out, you have to say yes to a lot of things, yeah. right? Like if you don't have that many opportunities coming, then the ones that do come, you got to say yes. And then you can, as the more opportunities come your way, then you can start to think about these different questions. Like, is this actually what I want to be doing? Like, is this going to lead to future things? Like I have kind of a checklist in my brain that I always go through when, when people bring stuff up. What is that checklist? Um, don't you tell to share Lindsay some lists. Don't. I want to know. Lindsay has a problem with lists. <laughs> Excuse me, I have, a, I have a helpful obsession with lists because... Lindsay has a helpful obsession with lists. Okay, so I have the list. I actually have it right here. <gasps> oh, God. I'm so excited. Oh, he has a real list. So my decision checklist, like how I'm deciding like if something is worthwhile of doing. And like I said, in the beginning, this is not how it was. Like I used to say yes to everything. Yeah. Like, but now I, I look at a decision and I say, is it fun and exciting to me? Like, is that something that I can get passionate around? Do I love it? And will I continue to love it? Like, does it have some sort of sustainability? Mm. Am I good at it? Is that something that I'm good at? Because there's certainly a tons of things in business and ceramic artwork that I'm not good at. Does the world need it or want it? Like, is it going to be impactful? Huh. Are there things that I can learn to make this idea even better? Like, is this something that can be built upon? And then will it make money or could it be monetized in the future? Is like, that's kind of like the checklist that I go through in my head. So like, for oh, example, okay. when I think about writing this book, the publisher reaches out to me and is like, you know, we think that you could write a really good pottery book. So then I go through all these things. It's like, is it fun and exciting? It's like, yes, I kind of want to publish a book. Like that's kind of a bucket list thing. Am I good at it? Not really, but maybe I could be good at it. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes it's like a not yet but maybe I could be. And then the, with the YouTube channel, it was like, yes, 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 yes. Boom. That was like a home run. That, <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. I, I knew right away that that could be really be something special. Yeah. And yeah, we got to talk about your book a bit. Cause like, I don't have one. I, I, I bought you, it. You bought, but has it come in yet? Yeah. I, I, know you I, told me you I bought poured it. over it. It's literally in my backpack, which you can probably see in the camera behind me. Go grab it. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna grab it. Go I'll grab it. Now we're alone, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed reading your book, particularly, again, like, I've never read a pottery book or any sort of ceramic art book that has a section about, like, business development and how you ship your work. And, like, I so appreciated that because I think that was one of the biggest frustrations when I was in school. Like, I got my degree in art from UC Santa Cruz, and then I graduated with zero idea of how to turn it into a business. And I was very lucky that my, my mom is an entrepreneur in the field of music. So she was able to kind of help me with a lot of stuff. <laughs> but, um, I, got John, it. I, I don't know if you can see, but who's the person from Wheel of Fortune? Oh, so it was oh. like an attractive person. I'm one of those. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, and when I when I listened to your interview on um, on the Potter's Cast, I remember you talking about how like knowing that you had a team of people like editors helping you go through some of that stuff and people helping with like okay we're gonna hit this chapter deadline like on this day. I don't know. I really I appreciated you talking about that because it's sort of that reminder that we don't necessarily have to have all the skills to execute something, but we can say okay I may not have this, but you know either a how can I develop it or like what can what support can I get. 
get to help execute this thing that I want to do. Well, I, I'm happy to hear that you love it. It certainly was geared towards people that, you know, like you have a lot of skills that you probably aren't, you know, there's skills that you have that I probably don't have in ceramic artwork. And so me writing a book that you would enjoy is really like, I wanted to provide those extra things like business skills and entrepreneurship skills. And just like even writing my story in the beginning is kind of like, hearing somebody oh. else's story can always be inspiring to others. Yes, it's like yeah, everyone has Definitely. their own path. So I felt like there were, I wanted to write the, the technical parts of pottery and ceramics for the beginners, because that's what I felt qualified to write about. But then I also, I feel a little more qualified to talk about the business aspect and the entrepreneurship aspect and, mm. and how important that is too. I, that I just truly, it comes back to that, that I just think it's really important that people think about it as a business and not, I mean, you have to have the artwork. The ha artwork has to be good. That's just, it's kind of like YouTube where like, if your videos aren't good, you're not gonna get views. Even if you have the best thumbnails and titles, you have to have good content. And it's just like ceramic artwork. Like you yeah. have mm -hmm. to have good pots or people aren't gonna buy them. Like they have to be good. So I'm curious for people who, who aren't used to thinking like an entrepreneur, like I, I, I know a lot of the questions that people asked us in preparation for this interview, you know, where we asked our followers to say like, Hey, what do you want us to ask John the Potter? There were a few people who asked like, how do you, how do you build a business in ceramics? And so I think just that question kind of shows that there's a lot of folks who just don't have any experience in thinking like an entrepreneur. What does it mean to be an entrepreneur? And like, how, what advice would you give to people who don't have experience thinking that way to begin learning to develop that pattern of thought as they're growing their art form as well? So I think that being an entrepreneur is basically, how are you gonna sell what you make? In our, like in our profession, we make things and we want to sell it. And there are so many different ways to sell things that it's almost an art to create your business. And so thinking about like, not just how you want to sell, but what makes the most sense for your personality and also for your work. Like mm -hmm. if you hate making a hundred of the same mugs, then you probably shouldn't go to a store yeah. and say like, Hey, like I can make a wholesale order for you of a hundred mugs because you know, worst case scenario, you know, they say, yes, we'd like a hundred every month. And then all of a sudden you've got yourself into a situation where you have to make a hundred of oh. the same mugs every month. <laughs> so they're like, but maybe You're a that's- a promised potter. Like you have a job now. <laughs> right. But maybe there are people that love that. Maybe there are people that love sitting and making the same thing over and over and over. So I think that's one big aspect is thinking about what you want to be doing, how your skills work with your personality to how are you going to sell? Like for me personally, mm -hmm. I love trying new things, testing out different glazes. Like, so the restock, method of like, I'm going to put up 150 new pots every month and they might, they might be totally different next month than they are this month. That gives me the freedom and the flexibility to say, I can make whatever I want. And if you want to buy it, you can buy it. If you don't, then you don't have to. But I also really believe in diversifying those income streams because as you've seen, like in, with COVID, like nobody saw COVID coming and that changed the retail market like overnight. And in this case, it went from retail, not so good anymore to online being like really, really good. But things Hop could, in. right. And things could go the other way too. And so I didn't want to eliminate, like, you don't want to just get rid of all your retail outlets because you know, what if YouTube changes or Etsy changes or certain things happen in the internet that maybe that's not as big. And then you're wishing that you had wholesale clients and retail clients as well, or farmer's yeah. markets to go to yeah. or art markets. So I think that's a really important part of the entrepreneurship too, is making sure that you are diversifying that maybe you don't spend a ton of time doing the retail and you spend most time doing online, 
But if it ever came that you wanted to go more in retail, you could like ramp up that part of the business too. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that that makes total sense just because I think we were talking about this a couple episodes ago. Mm. Like you and I used to go to tables and whatnot and sell yeah. our stuff in person. And then the year before COVID, I started making my website. And then once like COVID hit, I was like, well, good thing I'm online now. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Because I got to get rid of a lot of this stuff and sell it off. But it's now become a market of how much people see you online. Like there's no real place you can go to safely without putting yourself in a bit more of danger and sell your stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. So it, it's almost now the move to be online. Every now and then I post like, oh yeah, here's my stuff online. And there's always at least one or two people who are like, what happened to just being there in person? I'm like, COVID happened, bro. COVID happened. Like, <laughs> yep. And now I think those same people are wishing they had an online presence to some extent. So you're right. It really has changed overnight. Yep. I never thought of the wholesale thing though. I have a tiny question slash statement. Yeah, 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 go, go for it, go right? for it. Right, so a lot of people on my Instagram wanted me to ask you why you choose or rather what's up with you throwing standing because most of us throw sit down yeah. and I'm sure you've gotten that question yeah. before. I have and you know what? That's been on my list of videos to make for like two years. I've like thought about making a video <laughs> about why I stand because people ask me all the time and I just haven't for some reason. So I definitely should. It came like I've had like some back issues here and there like where my back hurts and another Potter friend of mine one time he just was like, yeah, like I went to North Carolina, Seagrove, North Carolina and like a ton of the potters throw standing up and I now I try it and I yeah. love it. And so I was like, oh, I want to, let's try it. So my old wheel, I built this thing where whatever I like put it up on and I I just like loved it. I think the reason I love it is because A, it's better for my back or I feel like it is. I don't know 100% if it actually is. But, <laughs> but B, I love how mobile you are. Like instead of having to like stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down every time you need to like get clay or move a pot or whatever. I'm, I'm at my wheel right now actually. So like literally I'm throwing and I can just like put oh. it over here and then I come back and it takes like no time at all yeah, to me. Yeah, I, yeah. And it's That's and now speed I, right there. <laughs> yeah, this efficiency thing is is big. So yeah, that's mostly why for the back and for the mobility. My neck, my back. Oh my gosh, Dante, no! <laughs> my pottery attack. <laughs> what did you think I was, Lindsay? Huh? Oh my goodness! <laughs> you got me hyperventilating over here. Why would you? This is a family friendly show, <laughs> Lindsay. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! My um. Well, not so much my question, but somebody on my Instagram for you had asked why you've decided, and I know you went over it in your video, but I think they just caught a glimpse of it, why you decided to do like one video a week on a Sunday. Yeah. They wanted to like why you chose Sunday. That's interesting. For the day. So forever, like the, the initial year that I kind of built my YouTube channel, like I went from the year one, I went from zero to 10,000 subscribers. And then year two, I went from 10,000 to 100,000 subscribers. That was kind of like, and now it's been Ooh. three years and we're at like 160 something. Mm. So the first, to get back to your question, the first two years, yeah. basically I tried to do two a week and I went Monday and Wednesday. And there was really no reason behind that besides just it wasn't Thursday because I didn't want to get on Dante's. I didn't want to post on the same day Dante did. And Monday and Wednesday just worked. We should have. Oh. We should have because it would have been double pottery <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> but I just, Monday and Wednesday worked well for my schedule for whatever reason. So I just did that. So then like last year I started, a, I didn't make as many videos. I think my expectations of myself and my videos have gotten a little higher. And so it's tough to crank out too when you're, like trying to make them better. And yeah. so I, what I did with the Sundays is one time I had a video that I didn't think was gonna do that well. I like made it and it was like, it's fine. Like my people that watch me all the time will like it, but it won't like get a ton of views. And I just posted it on a Sunday. 
and it like went way better than I like a normal video like that I didn't think was going to do that well. And I was like, that's weird. Maybe like Sundays are the day I should be posting. So then I did another one on Sundays and it did pretty good. And now I just decided to do Sundays for a while. So we'll see how long it lasts. But it's nice to like have those okay. things that keep you accountable. You know, like if I didn't have like, you know, once a week, I got to do once a week or in the beginning, if I didn't have twice a week, yeah. you know, who knows if it would be two months and I wouldn't make a video, like having those things in your life that keep you accountable, I think are really important. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's a little bit more difficult for, for potters like us. Cause the majority of YouTubers will just like get in front of a camera and talk. And that is their content. Right. But we have to like perform a skill and prove that we can do it every single time efficiently. <laughs> and on top of that, if you just want to see a pot thrown, that's a different video from like seeing a pot glazed from seeing yep. a pot finished. Or if you want to do a whole process, that's like a week. Yep. You know what I mean? Of like dry time, kiln time, stuff like that. So it's not like, we're not like Markiplier who like opens the camera 20 minutes. All right, that's content. We're done. Right. You can't just pump it out like that. Mm. Right. We have a, we have to obey the clay to a certain extent. <laughs> and your hands are full of clay and you're trying to move the camera around and then your camera's all full of clay. And it's like, oh man, I should really clean my camera. I think that yeah. like I was day. so happy when I saw his camera has a bunch of clay on it. <laughs> Cause I was like, oh, that's normal. Okay. Yeah. 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 It, you're, you're talking about like how, how quickly your, your, your YouTube expanded made me wonder like, like, what was important to you about meeting that 100,000 follower mark? Because in your interview on the Potter's Cast, again, you talked yep. about how, you know, YouTube doesn't so much, like, your income doesn't come directly so much from YouTube, but it be, it's a platform from which you sell your work and you promote, like, your Patreon. So mm -hmm. knowing that YouTube does take as much time as it does, how, like, how do you navigate the time that it takes to, like, produce your YouTube videos to do all the like administrative aspects behind your business and also still make enough pots to like meet demand yeah. because you do have a very, very high demand. Yep. So I guess okay, there's two questions. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's time. awesome. I'm just like, yes, John, go. He's like a representative for Potter. You know what I mean? Yes. Like... Yes. Um, Ambassador John. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it really comes down to priorities and you know, thinking about what are your priorities and where you're going to spend your time. Because whenever you say yes to something, then even though no, you're not really saying no to something else, you are saying no to something else because you're using that time that you're going to say yes to something on that. So yeah, I right. think yeah. in the beginning when I had, you know, zero subscribers or 5,000 subscribers, I, my priority was YouTube. It was like, I'm going to make YouTube videos, two videos a week. I'm going to try and grow the following online. And like I didn't sell, I didn't sell pots online for, I think I was making YouTube videos for over a year before I ever sold a pot online. It might've been even like two years, but that's, I had oh. other, I had other places oh, yeah. to sell. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. So I took a really long time to kind of build that following up and build okay, okay. an audience and build trust. And before I ever even like tried to sell online, just cause it, I mean, honestly, shipping pottery was not one of the thing, something that I love to do and taking pictures of pots and stuff like now, now it's different. But so yeah, the priorities have changed since then. So like right away, it's like building that following online, making like videos that people want to engage with. And then the priorities slowly kind of shifted where I wasn't as interested in like, I still want to make YouTube videos and I still love that part of it, but it's not quite as important to me anymore mm -hmm. as making pots because ma making pots is what I really love to do and what I really love to like, what comes naturally to me. Like when I come into the studio, if I have the choice of like flipping the camera on or getting on the wheel and throwing pots, like I'm going to choose throwing yeah. every time. Um, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And so I still love making videos, but it's just like I've changed the priorities a little bit to production of stuff and making stuff just because I, I couldn't continue that two videos a week for like ever. 
And so I think you just got to think mm -hmm. about the priorities, think about what's important to you and what, I mean, ironically, what I love to do also is what makes the most money. Like selling pots is going to make way more money than the AdSense from yeah. YouTube. So like, yeah, yeah, it kind of is like yeah, that. YouTube give you pennies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's that sweet spot of like finding what you love to do while also finding what makes money while also finding what makes it sustainable, like that's gonna last a long time. And so that for me, it, yeah. and you're always kind of changing what, up those priorities to uh, mimic what you're finding. Oh, that's so, that's so interesting. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so that's, oh my gosh. I really, I so appreciate that because that's something that like, when in my business, I'm really struggling a, wit, a lot with right now because yeah. I'm, I'm lucky enough to basically sell out every time I do an Etsy update, but you know, I don't have a YouTube and that's something that, you know, Dante and I have talked about, like that would yeah. be, I think really helpful helpful for me because mm -hmm. you know I'm able to sell out my work but my following is still relatively small especially compared to you two. Oh you give it so time. <laughs> well yeah. but that's the but that's this thing is like okay so how do I like what do I do so that in that time I'm able to grow that audience which I, I think see. will eventually like you've talked about again in other interviews John like that big audience has allowed you to have the flexibility to pursue the things you're interested in and mm. that's that's what I want to have more of as well. Um, yeah. Is it my turn for the questions? Sure, yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, alright, cool. So do you do you watch the Great Pottery Throwdown? <laughs> yes, so many people ask that. So many people ask that. So I watch, I have watched the Great Pottery Throwdown. I don't have HBO Max, so I haven't watched it legally yet. Um, I haven't, I I, the, the only time I watched it. it was like when it was on <laughs> Don't watch it um, but I want to. I think I will get HBO Max to watch it at some nice. point. But I watched like one season when it was on YouTube, and yeah, it's great. So it. it's not like I'm trying to get you to come yeah. to my Discord, but I do have a room of the Great Pottery Throwdown where somebody actively gets the episodes and posts them in the room. So oh that everybody God. can just have access to them. I think we're up to like season five now. I, I hope you're not incriminating yourself wow. right now, Dante. Yeah. Like, are these all like YouTube videos? I don't, you know, no, I'm not even going to ask. I don't know where my plug gets it. I don't have <laughs> questions from where it comes from. I just know he's got it. Okay, okay. That's all I know. I know, I feel... I feel a little guilty watching it like that because whenever someone on Pottery Heads posts like, how does anyone watch The Great Pottery Throwdown? Right away, Tim C is always like, you know it's pirated material if you watch it without like having HBO Max. Yeah. Like he says it yeah. all the time. Oh. And it's like, so I feel a little bad like, cause I'm like, oh, Tim C. Would Dude, die. Tim's oh. like the pottery dad of, anytime I post something uh, like that, he's, he's like, what you doing? And I'm like, I'm sorry, Tim. Oh. I'm sorry, pottery father. Oh, I didn't God. mean to disappoint you. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I think I think every world kind of needs a yeah. little bit of that uh, Potter familias. I wish to a certain extent they had the pottery throw down America, but th with the way I think about America, it, it doesn't seem as polite as the Great Pottery Throwdown would be as it is now. It is. It, I love how how very quintessentially British yeah. the, the Great Pottery Throwdown is. They're but, so helpful yeah, and they're yeah. like, oh, do you need help? I have a little extra time. If Americans did it, they'd be like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. You lost. Be like chucking other people's pieces on yeah, the ground. Chuck, yeah, chucking other people's stuff on the ground. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they would throw it over and they're like, you threw my pot over. Like, fake news. Oh God. <laughs> it's not real. It's on camera. It's fake. Gosh. I can't watch it as either uh, very much because I, then I get this head full of ideas because my brain goes, I know how to do that, but I can't because I'll make like a hundred pots of that and then, you mm. know? And then you give up all that other stuff. Yeah. You want. Right, they show you all the stuff that, that like you feel like doing, but you can't. It's idea, it's idea porn, I guess. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I didn't want to say that word, but that's, <laughs> like a, that's, a, that's far as it goes. Like, it's like, you're like, you want to do all the stuff yeah. they're doing, but they do it in, in like 
over and over and yeah. over again. When I yeah, had like, subscribed to HBO Max and I was watching the Great Pottery Throwdown at night, I quickly learned that that is not something that I should do because it would inspire so many ideas yeah. that I was had I would have trouble sleeping. Yeah. We I think I can t I think I can talk about this now. This was a secret for a long time, but it doesn't really matter anymore because because the it's dead. But I, we were, I was in talks with this production company for like six months about making a American version of the Great Pottery <gasps> Throwdown. Oh, that would have been. Oh so my god. It, but so cool. the so it's it's out there in the in the Hollywood land. But I know it would have been so cool. They were I don't know if I would have been like a contestant or a host, but they were like kind of talking to me about just ideas and stuff. And but it it's dead now, so that's why I can talk about it. Dude, just to happen. be a judge, but it was kind of fun. Yeah, would have been excellent. Yeah, yeah. You would have been such a good host, John. Know, just saying, so and you would have cried <laughs> way less than the dude who does the Great Pottery Throwdown. I know. I would never cry, but if I did, that would be. That guy cries all the time. I. It's. It's. Yeah, he does. I know. He quite does. touching. Well, I just said I was excited about it, and then it just kind of the rug got pulled out from under. It's like, nope, not happening. Oh, so. what a bummer. Well, I hope I hope that the rug is put back because um, that would be really yeah. cool. That would be really really cool. And I feel like as as much as you know, American television is sort of mocked for being aggressive and confrontational. I feel like with the right contestants and the right editing, there's a way to make it you know enjoyable and lighthearted. So. They walk through the door. Welcome, oh, Potters. Sure. Hey, Steve. What? No guns. <sighs> <laughs> Takes his strap, puts it about the outside the metal detector. Oh my god! He's like, fine. <laughs> Funny. Well, do we uh, do we want to go ahead and do the maybe the rest of the lightning round questions? Yeah. Do we have any more? Uh, there's one that I really like oh, here, but that's yeah, yeah, the yeah. end question. Yeah. I can't ask that first. Yeah, we'll do we'll do a couple minutes of like lightning round, and then uh, Dante will go ahead and ask the last sort of deep question that we have so <laughs> yeah the deep question is okay can you right. okay so this is a this is a question from one of our listeners what do you listen to when you're throwing in the studio so i i make my way through a lot of podcasts like i will listen to joe rogan and freakonomics and tim ferris and i listen to like a ton of different stuff from business to nice. like entertainment to i listen to quite a few different pottery ones uh the potter's cast i listen to you guys i just listened to your one on the sponsorships today that was oh. very good you guys talked about me in there which was interesting we talked about him um, so much in that we one. did it was so funny we were like <laughs> teasing ourselves or like teasing the audience without yeah. knowing because we didn't know at that time we had we the recording that we were going to be you know we yeah, were going to have this yeah. opportunity yeah, to yeah, interview you so that was pretty funny uh so wheel talk i would listen to them those kind of are the three pottery ones that i listen to I recently put a TV in the studio, Ooh. and that has been kind of oh, fun. That's the dream. Yeah, I've like been making I've been making my way through all the Star Wars movies right now. Yeah. Yeah. So either music, TV, or podcasts nice. is basically that's what I fair. do in the studio, or I film. I should probably just like film myself more and make more videos instead of like spending all this time watching TV or whatever. <laughs> but, you, know, you do what you do. Yeah. Yeah. What I've done, and I don't know if it's a it's if it's an idea for you as well, but. A lot of people like just want those chill background videos. You know, you just make pottery yeah. and you play music. I've seen you. And you could probably easily yep. do that. Easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't monet I I have to take monetization off though, just because uh, I feel like it messes up the flow of like nice music, nice music, nice music. Fresh fit. Oh yeah. Subscribe. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Do you want to ask the next question, Dante? I can't read. <laughs> I just figured it. Oh yes. Okay. All right. So John. Yeah. Do you like the Pokemon? So, <laughs> not that, really. 
I, like, okay. I didn't play Pokemon or anything when I was a kid, but I did get into Pokemon Go a little bit when that was, like, really big for a few years. Like, oh, you, yeah. you, like, caught the Pokemons or whatever, and that was actually quite fun. Okay, so to that question, I don't know if you're, like, a weeb head like me and Lindsay are. Like, we watch anime. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm definitely um, not. <laughs> right, okay, got it. So, what was your Pokemon that you picked first when you were playing Pokemon Go? Because, you know, when you play it, you have a choice in between yeah, yeah. the yeah. three main types and then Pikachu. What did you pick? I I think I picked Squirtle. Oh, <laughs> you are a Squirtle too, right? I'm a defense boy, so oh, yeah, okay, Squirtle's yeah. always my yeah. Yeah, I, I picked Charmander when I was a when okay, I was a kid. Okay. One of my 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 imaginary friends was was a, a Charmander, so yes, Charmander all the way. Mine was a dad. <laughs> so, oh god, <laughs> I'm kidding. That was fantastic. I'm talk. sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, do you have your dog in your studio with you? Or, well, I've, I've thought about if I ever have a kid or a dog, I would be worried to a certain extent about, like, clay dust. Yeah. But you probably have, like, a ventilation system and all that, you know? There's a little, yeah, I have a little filtration system. I don't have the dog with me in the studio very often because the dog's usually inside with the wife and kids. Um, but oh. I keep my studio pretty clean so I don't worry too much. Like, the floor, I try and mop it at least, like, once every other day. Yeah because just whatever my old studio was super dirty and that was like a huge commitment that i had to make to myself because i was like losing sleep over like oh am i just killing myself in my studio because it's so dirty and it's it was just so hard to clean my other studio was and so this studio is much easier to clean and it's it's yeah i think uh it was in in the basement of the coffee shop you bought right their first videos yeah yep which is like a 140 year old home and so the basement like was not Dude, there's in lead in there shape. for sure <laughs> <laughs> What's something that you've always wanted to make, but you don't have either the space or the resources? Like, let's say you wanted to make a person-sized pot. Is there anything like that that you're like, it's in your mind? <sighs> well, the first thing that comes to mind is actually building like a wood fire kiln. Like, I, I'm really interested. I've actually never done a wood fire, like a cone 10, cone, you know, right. 13 wood fire. I haven't done one. I'm I'm going to do one very soon with, a, oh, with another cool. friend of mine. But... I really think that that would be sweet to like build a wood kiln. So that's my thing, which hopefully I'll just, I do have the space to maybe do it. So I just got to like figure it out if I actually want to spend the time. It's also yeah. a commitment. Yeah. It's like, once you build it, it's there. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's yeah. the space where that right. goes. Nothing else can be used for that. You know, it's like, and every three months you got to make 500 pots to fill it and ask all your potter friends to come help you. So, yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it's a community project for sure. Right. All right. Uh, so last lightning round question before Dante asks our less more or our last in-depth question. So, uh, what is your favorite color? Not necessarily glazes, but just in general. <laughs> uh, in general, my favorite color nice. is blue. Uh, I just love, I love water and I love the lake. I love being on the waters and blue. I feel you there. <laughs> I'm a pink boy, but none of my clothes are like, they don't sell them in my size. That's okay. You're pink on the inside, literally. Anyway, that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, was funny. weirdly not sexually <laughs> sexual. <laughs> All right, Dante, why don't you wrap this up with, uh, with the last question? So... John, what's, what's a question that you have never been asked but always either wanted to be asked or wanted to answer on a podcast? This is your chance. Rant. Do whatever. Hmm. Maybe, like, if I wasn't a potter, entrepreneur, coffee shop owner, what would Ooh. I do is maybe the question. That's interesting. That is. And I, I think what I would answer to that is I would be a ski bum. <sighs> 
and I Wait, would snowboard all the time. What's a ski I'd live bum? in the mountains in Colorado. I love it. I love is it. That, what's a ski bum? You just is that what I think it is? Well, you just you just live in the you live in the mountains and you just snowboard or ski all the time, and that's what I would do. Like after I graduated, or that was always my plan. After I graduated college, was I would just like move to Colorado and like just snowboard and like teach lessons and just okay. like, snowboard all the time. Uh, and then I ended up buying a business <laughs> instead, and that kind of set off the trajectory of <laughs> where I went. But uh, that's probably what I would be doing. I would just live in the mountains, snowboard all the time. Wow. It's like a skater kid, but like with snow. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, that <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. 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 Is um, there uh, yeah. anything else you want to say before we get going, John? Mm, I don't think so. I I would say I I love your guys' podcast. I think you do a great job. I think you have a great back and forth. You guys are hilarious. <laughs> And I think it's, it's just fun to hear people, like real people, talk about their businesses and their struggle and their artwork. And so keep doing it. Thank oh you. Gosh, thank yeah. you so much. Blessing is, of John. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it has been so much fun talking to you, John. Not going to lie, like, especially after like, you know, reading and researching. So it has just been, uh, it's been really, really fun getting to talk to you. And, uh, and yeah, yeah just, uh, just have you on. So thank you so much. Oh As gosh, I said, this is my excuse now. to chill with you. <laughs> yeah. just, like, I can also get content out of it. 80% of this is like, I get to chill with John. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yes. All right, John, thank you so much. Have a good rest of your day and, uh, and happy throwing. Thank you, man. We really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah, if you ever want to come back, let us know. We're cool. For today. Thank you for listening to The Mud Peddlers with Lindsay M. Dillon and Dante of Earth Nation. Want to say hi and see what Dante and I are working on in our studios? Check out the show notes for links to our websites and social media below. You can find me at lindsaymdillon.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-M as in monster, D-I-L-L-O-N.com. And on Etsy, Instagram, and Facebook at Lindsay M. Dillon. And you can find me at Earth Nation Ceramics. It's spelled exactly how you think it's spelled, but you can also find me on my Facebook fan page and Instagram at the same name at Earth Nation Ceramics. If you enjoyed hanging out with us today, or you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss, take a second to rate and review the Mud Peddlers in Apple Podcasts. It helps our podcast reach new listeners, and we really appreciate the feedback. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time.